0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone. We're joined now by the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. His weekly appearance brought to you by Murdoch Chevrolet. David, good morning. Good morning, guys. David, I'm curious, this is a bigger picture, but uh, I'm curious why it seems like the NBA players and owners, while they're struggling with the right formats, agree there needs to be a format and they're definitely going to get it done and baseball, well, they may get it done they want it at least for now to appear like they are just at each other's throats. At what point and was it like 30 years ago or something did they form some kind of partnership in the NBA? How did that happen in the NBA that at least from the appearances of what we're seeing, whatever happens behind closed doors and people get frustrated and whatever, at least it's not spilling over to the public view in the NBA the same way.
1: I think Adam Silver probably deserves a lot of this credit because um, I don't know that I think David Stern had the same relationship um, with the players. Um, I think he he had a little bit more of of that labor unrest element to him as a commissioner. And I think when Adam Silver came in, he gave them a voice. I'm sure there's some areas where you know that voice becomes loud enough; it's problematic as well um what major league baseball is doing is trying to undo 50 years of labor you know like basically the you know major league baseball's union's proudest moment is the fact that they've never had any type of revenue share somehow major league baseball owners decided to try to use the pandemic as a way to overturn that in without collective bargaining agreement being open and then i what, the one i don't understand Um, and this is really where the contrast between the NBA and the major league baseball is so obvious is, um, you know, it feels as though Adam silver is in consistent communication with all the stars, you know, Damian Lillard made his comments. I have a feeling he'd made them to Adam silver in person prior to making them the Chris Haynes of Yahoo. Like that's the level of communication that Adam silver has with the top players in this league. Um, in contrast, Major League Baseball just tried to pit its stars against its lower-end paid players and really put the stars in a position where they can only look terribly in the public, which is such a bizarre thing to me to, to, to do. I mean, it's let's take your single most marketable and the reason why people are watching the game and make them look bad and make them look bad in the eye of the public. is just a bizarre approach to this. So, we
2: hear that the Board of Governors will have a meeting and all. And is it, when it comes down to which format they're going to use, is it going to be a simple majority? Is Silver going to
1: decide? How's
2: that going to play out?
1: I mean, I think by the time it's going to be done, it would hopefully be unanimous. It won't be when it starts. Um, I don't know how the Board of Governor meetings work in that sense, but I think that, you know, they've been pretty transparent with both. Um, at least letting the media know what's going on or the media finding out and with the owners. And so there've been, you know, there are, there are really, I guess, probably some version of, of three versions, right? All 30 teams and you play the regular season and then only 16 teams and, um, you just play the playoffs, and then some plus version, either twenty or twenty four teams. Um, there are a bunch of questions on each one that have to get answered. I think that's probably where the Board of Governors meeting would start is trying to make sure that everyone's got the information that they need to have. and then from there, once you decide the formats, then you have to make the next steps in each of those decisions. Um, the only news note that I saw that was interesting was all of a sudden the idea of a july thirty first start, which leads me to believe two things. One, I've never believed this idea that we have to be done by Labor Day because of football. I just, well, first, I don't know that I think football is necessarily starting on Labor Day. And two, I just can't imagine, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like it just doesn't jive. Like you're putting in all this effort to get all the payments done and to make money, but you're just not willing to go past Labor Day. It doesn't, that doesn't jive at all. Um, so I'm not, I'm not believing that, um, But I thought July 31st was interesting, if that's really what, like I saw that was a start date late last night. That's later, a little later than I thought, which limits some of what you're going to do here.
0: So for the players, so that the playoffs look like high-caliber competitive basketball, do there need to be 5, 10, 15 games in front of it? What do you think? Put aside all the business stuff. Which I know that's impossible, but just for purposes of this, put the business stuff aside. How much basketball? How many basketball games do they need to play before a playoff game looks like playoff quality basketball?
1: Well, DJ, I think this is a great point because this is, was kind of my big takeaway yesterday on this whole deal. If you think about it, um, I talked about it as though it was a Venn diagram. Um, there's you know, their safety is the number one overriding issue, and that, But to some extent, you've decided you're willing to take a risk. The minute you do this, the, you know, if safety was the number one deciding issue. We just stay home. Um, so you have basketball fairness in the sense of like standings and opportunity, really, to the box and Lakers. You have revenue, which is important, and you have what you're talking about, which is basketball quality. And what's interesting to me is if you think back, like to the old Venn diagram where the circles intersect, those circles don't really intersect very well at all in this process, right? Like, I think you have a legitimate point. Like, if you go straight to the playoffs, like, what are those opening games going to look like? And you know, do you suddenly get an eight-one-seven-two upset because of the fact that people are rusty, and then you've kind of hurt your lead, you hurt the value of these playoffs a little bit. Um, On the other end, you need eight or nine games to start, and if you bring back all 30 teams to do that, I think it's pretty clear that Steph Curry and Trey Young and Carl Anthony Towns are not playing, and maybe even Dame Willis. So I I don't know the answer on how. I think that's where the World Cup form, which has its own problems because I don't think it's very fair, um, where the World Cup... Model gives at least better basketball for the second, third, and final rounds of the playoffs. It increases revenue because it gives you those games you need, um, but it's not very good on basketball fairness. If I'm the Lakers or the Bucks, I'm pretty sour that my regular season didn't do me anything.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the circumstances being what they are, though. So I think that people are going to be fine. They're going to be celebrating the fact that there's basketball. They're not going to be worried about the quality of play because it's not going to be the same. I think we understand that. It will not be the same as if they continued and went through and did what they normally do and what they've done for every year. So I think people already accept that. I don't think that's a, that's big of a deal to the public.
1: The bigger picture of what you're talking about is that we're in a new normal. There's not We can't go back to what we once had and – You know, we have to kind of accept what what we're going to get now, however that's going to be, what your fan experience is going to be when we allow fans back in, what your broadcast experience is going to be watching, and what the quality of the game is. I'm 100% with you on that.
2: Yeah, I agree, Well, obviously.
1: Do you think... Wow! Well, just brought the show to a halt, and I agree
0: with <laughs> Yeah, right, everything's That's stopped.
1: pretty good. We've all, you know, we only got about 90 years of broadcast experience between the three of us. We're probably not supposed to have that kind of dead air.
0: I think that uh, with Damian Lillard's comments, you know, they first came out, then there's been some follow-up. So then in, in summary, when you get it, then the gist of his original point was, don't send me to Orlando for five or six games where we're fodder, and I don't have a chance to get to the playoffs. Send me down there for 17 regular season games or 19 or whatever they had left to finish the season, and let's see if we can make it. Or send me down there and put me in the playoffs and some kind of play-in thing and, okay, it's weird, but at least I got a chance to win. But running down there for five games and not, making, not really giving them a shot to get in didn't make any sense. Was that his point? Yeah,
1: and let me ask you this one. Let's say we go straight to the playoffs. Okay, which is... Well, if he straight I, to the playoffs, he
0: doesn't have to go down there, so I guess he...
1: Right, but let's say we go straight to the playoffs. Let's let's just do that. I'm kind of moving past aim into a bigger picture. And I think that that feels like there's a lot of chance that that's what ends up happening just because you can't get anything else approved. Um, so let's say we go straight to the playoffs, and Orlando is the 8th seed, is that right? Who's the 8th seed in the West? In the East... And they go down, and they go through this. Well, they're in Orlando, so it's not as big a deal. But let's just say that the seven seed, the Nets, go down, and they play without Kyrie and without Durant, and they go down to this, and they get court. They do this, they get quarantined. They they're in the bubble, they're in the campus of the bubble, and then they lose in four, and they just go home. So they play four games. Yeah. Like, if the Jazz without Boyan go down and play the Rockets or the Thunder and they lose in five and go home, aren't like, aren't the Jazz players pretty sour that they just had to give up that much time of their life for five games?
0: I don't know. I guess it'd be guy by guy. Some guys might be thinking, well, at least that's over and it didn't last two months, right? I guess, right? Yeah, I think. I think what's your? It's a. Where there does
1: seem to be some value to the World Cup model or some sort of model that has some games before the regular season starts so that you're not asking a month and a half of time out of somebody for four games.
2: I think one of the things to think about when we had Joe Ingles on, he was talking about how he's feeling a little bit stronger, a little bit better than he thought because he's been able to get some weightlifting in without having to always constantly being the doing the aerobic stuff running obviously in basketball and practicing you're running all the time and so that hasn't happened he hasn't played any games in two and a half months but he's been lifting all the time so there might be some benefit there to players getting an opportunity to come back maybe a little bit stronger now their win may not be as uh, as good nor their you know the techniques of the basketball, but they might be stronger because most of these guys haven't had this long of a time in which they haven't played any form of competitive basketball, whether it's pickup, it's national team, whatever it might be. They're not doing that, but yet they're able to, depending on what their situation is, in the case of Joe Ingles, having a gym basically at his home downstairs, he's talked about that, allowing himself
1: to get stronger.
2: So in some respects it might be a positive.
1: Well, I've watched Renee's Instagram, so if he's done half of what Renee does, he'll be fine. Yeah, she's a workout fiend for sure. <laughs> so, you know, I was uh, listening to an uh, NHL podcast, um, locked on the NHL the other day, and they were talking about that there's a feeling amongst the NHL players that they could be better, that hockey could be better than it's ever been. Um, And it translates to exactly what you're talking about, that, you know, in hockey you just are physically beaten and then you get into these playoff matches that some of them are just slugfest and you just move to the next one. The other one that, um, from talking to Mike Elliott and congratulations to the jazz training staff um, for the award they won yesterday for, you know, uh, trainers of the year along with Oklahoma City for the way they dealt with the uh, COVID situation in Oklahoma, so congratulations to to Mike and to Eric and to Barnett and uh, to the whole crew, um, Eric Phillips. Um, the Mike conversation with Mike Elliott a little while ago was about peak performance, and we were talking about the new schedule and sometimes having three days off, and he said, you know, really, truly, peak performance for an athlete is you, you get to your peak, and then if you can perform on a consistent basis so that you're going always going every other day or you're always going every two days or you're always going every you know th- you know three days and you find a way to maintain peak performance. The problem athletes have with injuries is when they at peak performance and they drop off with too much rest and then they try to get back to peak performance or you run peak performance for too long a period of time and then you fall off. If if I the way I'm you know suspecting things is that these guys would play virtually just every particularly in a playoff series, they would just play every other day. There's no travel. You just play four games. Once, if you do the first round, you just play four games one day, four games the next day, and, and just have it on a pattern. We could have absolute peak performance for an extended period of time for the athletes. No travel, rested, and not playing in an inconsistent manner where you're trying to maintain peak performance or popping off it, like Mike Elliott talked about. So at, There is a possibility that like, from at least an athlete standpoint, these guys will be at their, at their maximum.
0: David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us. So are they going to get to this uh, level and as soon as the playoffs are done, just go into the next season and figure we've already had an offseason once you start hearing this end of July date? I guess the teams that get eliminated would have some downtime waiting for the playoffs to finish, but the teams that go deep in the playoffs, would it be pretty much just rolling right into the next season? No, I don't think we're starting the next season any earlier than December
1: 18th. Kind of from what I've heard. Okay. And frankly, I'm the one who's made up December 18th. Everything else I've heard is Christmas. <laughs> so, um, but for- I can't figure out why TV-wise you would start on Christmas Day. I would suspect that you start, you give yourself an opening week of TV broadcasts, and then you hit a celebration on Christmas. So that's, you know, so I think you would start the 16th, 17th, or 18th. But that's just, you know, I'm making that up. Um, so that, I, I think that in, in that sense, No. Um, we wouldn't go straight um, to the next season. You still have to have also the draft and free agency. Um, and I then think, as we've talked about before, I think there's a chance that this is the new NBA schedule. Well, at least we're going to find out. I love I love the th- – these are the things I like. I wish we could try more things in Orlando because you might as well just see what they're like. And um, I understand why it probably will be more traditional than, we, than we've talked about. Um, but I – I do love this like idea of, like let's start of December 18th or December 25th and find out um, and then if it turns out that we you live through that and you're like wow that's really like you know what that's a little too late then just back it up like then back it up through weeks. But, but there's no reason to be starting on October 15th like we have been um, that just kind of happened over time and we have a chance to reset that and decide what the best way for the league to function is
2: How about the draft then what's
1: going to happen there um, I'm hearing um, September is what kind of the word on that is, um, but it would probably just be shortly right after the the uh, finals, the way that it kind of always has been.
0: So this whole uh, East West playoffs, traditional or reseed and go one through sixteen. Let me hear
1: what would you guys, What would you guys do if you had your if you, from a viewer standpoint, not like your commissioner. What would you do for safety? Like from a fan standpoint, what would you want?
0: I would just stay East-West. So
1: you just go, no, regular season, start 1 through 16.
0: No, I would, 16. Oh, I would have regular season games if we are up to me. I think if you're going to send 12 Western teams back, I, and I think 11 games probably get you, you know, much better quality basketball. I just have everybody play everybody once. I just have a round robin, Tack those 11 games onto the standings and then seed the playoffs 1 through 8, and uh, away you go. PK?
2: I would like to see some form of games. You know, I, at first when Damien Lillard said what he said, I thought, that wow, that's outrageous. But the more I thought about it, I thought, okay, he's making some sense. But I wouldn't want to have a league rejoin but yet not have all the teams in the league. And so I would like to see some form of the teams going back there, wherever it might be, and however they do it, it's up to them. So have some amount of games. I haven't thought about the amount of games that they need to play. But have a little bit of a playoff race and then go. And if you wanted to seed them without the conferences and however you wanted, I'm okay. Because I think there's might be some advantages to that. Uh, I would be okay with that. Because this new norm that you speak of, and I've heard you use this phrase now, that's the, we don't even know what the new norm is. We just know... That there's going to be a new norm And so If they think of things that Are against what we normally have had You take like interleague play in baseball I thought, oh, why, why would they do that Man, they've had this thing going on for so long Blah, blah, blah well, then they've had it, and people have responded, and attendance has been better. It really hasn't ruined anything. It's probably it's it's enhanced. It has made the game more money, you know, to see the Dodgers and the Angels play. I went last year when we are down for Pac-12 Media Day, and the Dodgers played the Angels, and I saw Mike Trout throw a bullet from center field and nail a runner, and so it was kind of cool. So I think this new norm, even though we don't know what it's going to be defined as completely, might actually be beneficial. And years from now, we'll look back and say, wow, That was something that they used and used to their advantage and made it better. So I'm excited to see how that's going to be.
1: Yeah, I'm up for trying things. I think it's going to be very hard to get consensus through the Board of Governors, and there's so many other bigger issues. But um, I think it'll be hard to get it all approved. But I think it's great we've talked about it. I don't know when it ever gets instituted.
0: All right, David, we will leave it there. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Talk, Talk to you guys soon. All right, there's David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Dr. David Petron on the phase reopening of the Utah Athletic Facilities. PK, you've known him for a long time because he's been providing medical advice up at the U for a long time, and you were a beat writer back in the day. You ever think we were going to have him on Sports Talk Radio like this? Uh, To
2: this degree, no, but they had this Zoom call yesterday, and I was on it, and he was on it. And so I sent him a message and say, hey, would it be appropriate for you to come on? Would you like to come on? I said, sure. Yeah. And, I, and I've known him away from the fields and courts a little bit, too. But, yeah. And, and he's, he's very intelligent and can speak to it. So, you know, what is, what's the situation? Because, obviously, it's very, very important that they do it and they do it right. And Mark Harlan was talking about how he was saying the things we say today could have be changed next week or whatever? Who knows? So they've got these plans, and they're well-thought-out plans. They had four guys on the Zoom call, the two athletic administrators, and then uh, Dr- Jameson, the head trainer, and then uh, the doctor, Dr. Petron. And so they've got this plan, and they're going to be ready to go, but they know they, they better be ready to adjust it accordingly.
0: All right, we'll talk with him coming up at 9 o'clock. Looking forward to that. Ben Golliver, national NBA writer for the Washington Post, coming up at 9.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. And now, attention
3: at the top of the wire One. on 97.5, 12.80 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Former USC quarterback J.G. Daniels will transfer to the University of Georgia. He made the announcement on social media last night. He'll have to sit out the upcoming season unless he receives an NCAA waiver. Iowa D. Gary Bartis said Thursday, Iowa is planning to have unrestricted crowds at Kinnick Stadium, where they averaged 65,000 fans per game last year, one of the top 20 attendance numbers in college football. Iowa is also modeling for reduced capacity crowds, depending on guidelines from the state, the CDC, and other agencies. Arizona Cardinal star quarterback Patrick Peterson is weighing the decision to play this upcoming season. He's a diabetic, diagnosed with type 2 diabetes during the 2014 season. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home. And Zero Res is cleaning carpets right now for just $25 per room. The lowest price is to help out as many people as possible. $25 per room available while space is available. Call Zero Res today for details and restrictions at 801-288-9376.
3: The Zone honors the greatest coach in Utah Jazz history and member of the Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan. We, along with jazz fans everywhere, mourn the loss of the coach we all grew up with. The man who went into battle with John and Carl. My coach. Who would argue with officials and would call for the pick and roll. Thank you, Coach Sloan, for sharing your love of the game and giving us all so many great memories. Celebrating the life of Utah Jazz legend, Jerry Sloan. DJ and PK, it's 97.5
0: and 1280 The Zone. P.K., I know there's been some discussion, at least on social media, over whether the Jazz would be better served with the Western Conference, you know, four versus five, or whether they'd be better served in a 7-10 series, you know, if you just went with the standings right now uh, in the NBA. I personally view it as a toss-up. But with with Bogdanovich out, I don't see what it matters. They're the underdog. It's not totally hopeless because there's going to be a random element to this coming back, and I think it's more random – the fewer games they play to ramp up. You know, if you draw the Houston Rockets and nobody's played any games, are the Rockets going to come out and shoot 40% or from three or whatever? Are they going to come out and shoot 15%? You know, there's a, there's a random element. I don't know how teams are going to come back, especially if they barely played any games. So it's not hopeless, but... Man, without Bogdanovich, you're the underdog. I mean, I'm all about, yeah, next man up and all that stuff. But, you know, the the problem with that is, especially when it's not just one game, when it's in a series and it's long run, it's not just that someone has to step up and replicate what Bogdanovich was providing, but whoever that player is, okay, let's say it's Conley. Someone has to step up. If Conley is being Bogdanovich, someone has to step up and be Conley. You know, you start needing multiple guys to step up and – it was already in the best of circumstances you know if the season had kept going right and there hadn't been an interruption and if Bogdanovich was still playing it was already going to feel to me like pretty much a 50-50 series that's the nature of being in a four-5 series they've been in them three years in a row look how they've largely played out you know long series we weren't sure who was going to win sometimes they won sometimes they didn't you get this random element thrown in And you get this long layoff, and so it's going to be unpredictable when they come back. And you take Bogdanovich out. I'm I'm not that worried about the format. The Jazz are the underdog, regardless of what the format is.
2: Well, uh, Yeah, the format is the format. Why would you be worried about it anyway? I don't
0: understand. Because Jazz fans want every edge, and they want to win regardless of the format and regardless of whether they're in Orlando or in Utah or wherever.
2: Not this year. I I don't see it. It's just going to be the bonus that there's a few games to be played. And if Conley can play well, it gives you optimism going into the offseason because you got him on the books for at least another year. I don't know that they'll resign him this time next year, whenever next season would end. So I I don't – this will be the one time no one's stressed about anything (laughs) because it will just be for the fun of it. And so it won't matter. People are watching record numbers. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play golf on a rainy day. So, who cares? Yeah, I don't. I I think you're missing the boat on this. I I just don't think that it's going to be that big of a deal. Uh, And it's going to be just the fact that they're back and out there playing ball. And people people watch Mike Conley play horse for some crazy reason, right? And some phone video, whatever they used. So I don't think I don't think there'd be one jazz fan who'd be stressed about this whatsoever. With all the stuff that's going on and 20% unemployment rate and blah, 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 whatever those numbers are, I, I don't see anybody stressing about anything this time around. This is all for fun. It's sort of the way it should always be. So I, I am just not going to break it down because I just don't think people care. Just the fact that it's back is going to be good enough, and get out there and play a few games. If you should win, great. If you don't, then, all right. Well, then uh, go in the off season and you make the roster adjustments as necessary, and you come back for next year. So, and 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 the fact that Bogdanovich isn't going to be there even lessens the realism or realistic chances even more so. So. Any jazz fans are you gonna stress about this whatsoever? Are you just gonna watch a few games and and go on with your life? I mean I, that's the way I see it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll take it as intense competition just like we did in the old days <laughs> when the statues were running around doing their thing. but I don't see it. I don't even see the players celebrating. If somebody hits a shot that's gonna put them into the final, I don't see them rushing the floor the way they did when Stockton hit his shot and, and it was the moment of celebration, the best moment of celebration in franchise history since the franchise literally moved here was obviously the biggest thing just to have the franchise in the first place and then when that shot went down it was just bedlam and people rushed to the airport. You think people would rush to the airport on this?
0: I, I just don't see it. 855-340-ZONE. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. 855-340-ZONE. Rick, good morning.
1: DJ, I don't think – I think it's, again, addition by subtraction. I mean, of course, bogey's great, but we've got two players on the bench who would help you in playoff basketball. Um, Royce plays defense. you got to play defense. you got to defend. So his minutes will go up to 30. Clarkson's minutes will go up. And remember, Conley's getting minutes that are undeserved because he can't defend his position and he kills you on offense. Now, who knows how,
3: what this hip was like. Maybe he's a little better version, but, you know, it's actually addition by subtraction. Just like when we lost Cantor, we found out we had Rudy. Um, And it's happened twice before. So, you know, uh, Ingles and Bogey are a little redundant. They're the same player. You don't necessarily lose much.
2: How
0: about it, (laughs) Snigs? What? That's what I've missed the last three days right there. (laughs) How about it, (laughs) Snigs? Thanks, Rick. Eight five five three four O Zone. Bogey and Ingles are redundant.
2: I think Bogdanovich has been a tremendous addition. <laughs> I've actually enjoyed watching him play. It was I was talking to somebody about that? I might have been Bowler I can't remember now. But I was saying that I didn't know that. I think it was Andy Bailey we were talking to. I don't think that uh, I understood how good of a player he was because you're not watching the Pacers. You're not uh, focused on them. You see them a couple times a year, and then maybe you watch them uh, occasionally when they play somebody else, you know, as LeBron's uh, Cavs or whatnot. But to get to see him every single game, I came away impressed with his game. So uh, just that's, that's the thing about it is that they aren't necessarily redundant because, now obviously we knew nothing about Joe Ingles' game, but we watched him blossom into a bona fide NBA player, but to be able to, uh, in Joe's case, to be able to facilitate the way he does has just been amazing to see. And Bogdanovich being able to put the ball on the floor, now I think he needs to improve his passing. He needs to get better at that. But just his, his creative ways to get to the basket and put the ball in the basket from the outside too has been tremendous. Uh, so I, I do think that Probably, if you're going to take a, a critical component out of your lineup, Bogdanovich might be the one I would choose uh, because they do have guys who can shoot, but that's what I'm saying. He does way more than just shoot. And that's, that's the aspect of the game that surprised me, his ability to do a lot of different things here, but under the circumstances, he had that injury, go get it healthy set yourself up for next season and see if you can make a run because that that's what it will be. To me, this season, I can't look at whoever wins it. And even I know you like to say, well, if, they've, if Kawhi wins it, he's won, and LeBron's won, so that makes it legitimate. It'll never have a form of legitimacy the way it's supposed to. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to watch. And it doesn't mean I'm not going to have fun with it because I am going to have fun with it. And I actually, in some degree, I'm going to be more intrigued because just the crazy way it's going to be played. Because it's going to be literally something that we've never seen. When they had the lockout season, what was it, in 99, and they came back and they only played 50 games or whatever they played. Right. Uh, the playoff, everything looked the same. It, there was no difference. This thing is going to look wildly different oh, yeah. no you're, matter how it's played.
0: You're always going to know the 2020 playoffs because there aren't going to be fans and it's all going to be on the same floor. Yeah. It's, it's like you're going to see one clip 10 years from now, and you'll know, Up, oh, that was 2020. Yeah. <laughs> It'll jump so right out at you.
2: It's going to be crazy no matter what. So I don't want to take away from the legitimacy because, in, in my mind, there's legitimacy if guys are playing. The end of the All-Star game this year, right, they played like they would normally play, like it mattered. Well, I was in. Even though they're not playing for anything really in that way, certainly nothing historically, just the fact that they're playing and playing hard is good enough for me. Now, if they're not playing hard, I don't care what they're playing for. It doesn't matter. I'm not into it. Play hard. I'm into it. And I'm going to be watching because it's going just for the curiosity's sake of the novel. This is going to be a novelty unlike anything that we've ever seen. And who knows what we're going to get. And they're going to have fun with it. Because I would imagine if I'm a player and the game ended the way it did under these circumstances, there's a couple things. I'm going to enjoy it more because it got taken away from me. And then also, too, whether you're a foreign guy or you're an American, I think you're going to understand the symbolism of playing. And I think you're going to appreciate the fact that you're on the floor and you're going to appreciate that people are excited to have you back out on the floor because you're going to represent some form of entertainment to them that has not been available and so they're going to they're going to enjoy
0: it right hope so expect I so i think so yeah yeah all right let's go back to the phones 855340 zone tyler good morning how you guys doing good good tyler Good. I, pre- I appreciate you guys being on the
4: air. It's something I look forward to every day listening to you guys during this this COVID time, I guess. Thank you. Um, But just, just want to talk about the Jazz a little bit. I agree with you, PK, in, in regards to, you know, whatever the playoffs look like, we're going to be watching regardless, right? Playoff basketball will be back. Um, so it'll be fun to watch. Um, and I also agree that it was a good time for Bogey to get surgery. Um, we probably weren't winning the title this year anyway, so get healthy for next year. But also – to address that last caller, um, I, I sort of just caught the back end of what he was saying. Um, but to say that Joe Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich are the same player is—I mean—that is just that's that's blasphemous,
0: almost.
5: Um,
4: to where, I mean, at, at times at times Bogey was our best offensive player on the floor with Donovan Mitchell on the floor. Um, he's he's a certified bucket, and I mean Joe 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 decent three point shooter at this stage in his career, good facilitator. Um, still, obviously a, a big part of our team, but to say him and Bogey were the same, and 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 that, I mean that just that just doesn't make any sense to me from what I watched this year. Um, and also, Mike Conley, he's gonna be he's gonna be the key to us getting out of the first round this year. He's gotta he's gotta step up. I'm, I'm still a believer in Mike Conley, and, and think he'll he'll give us a good a good chance to to win win a basketball game. If we play if we play the or a series if we play the Rockets. Um, unfortunately, you know my expectation is we win one or two games. Um, hopefully we get the, the Thunder first round And we'll win that first round matchup And see what we can do against the Lakers But appreciate you guys taking my call And, and uh, appreciate you guys staying on the
0: air Thanks guys Thanks Tyler, thanks for listening We appreciate that I, I think just without breaking it down too much here When Joe Ingles gets the ball It seems like the shot is usually one of the last options And when Bogey gets the ball The shot's one of the first options Yak, maybe you remember PK, maybe you do What game was it that he had 30 or 35 points But no rebounds and no assists? And I think Joe was the first one to jam him up for it, right? <laughs> I mean, like, with us. So it was yeah, like yeah. I on looked that. at the stat they sheet. After. Wow. wow. Yeah, right? Whereas That's Joe, hard to do. Joe's like, yeah, I took four shots, but, you know, I moved the ball. I got my teammates involved. He is the most, uh, when it comes to passing, he is the most John Stockton mindset. I mean, was there another Jazz player who's more pass first? Darren Williams had a lot of assists, but he also scored a lot. You know, Joe is really just willing to pass up shots, and Bogey's getting shots. So I'm, I'm sure Quinn could give us ten other differences, but that's that's the easiest one to see when you're flipping on a game, even if you're only half paying attention. You're going to see that one. All right, DJ and PK. Oh, I agree with that, Yeah. yeah. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Coming up, Dr. David Petron on the phase reopening of Utah Athletics at 9 o'clock. Ben Golliver, National NBA writer for the Washington Post at 9.30. Stay with us. It's 975 and 1280 the zone.
3: Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kalani Sataki, the head coach at BYU. Coach, do you have a confirmed date when you're going to get all your guys back on campus and, and in the weight room?
4: Yeah, we're starting up on June 1st. We have our phase one that uh, Tom Homo has directed the athletic department to start with as our football program. Our, our team, they're voluntary workouts. So I think we'll see a, a high number of our players uh, starting to work out on Monday. And we have a bunch of different groups that will keep them um, practicing social distancing and spacing. And so we'll have a number of workouts and then keep our guys separate and then, um, you know, do things like temperature testing and have our, our coaches and our strength coaches and condition, when involved in conditioning monitor our players throughout the workouts. And I'm thankful that we have an opportunity to get back on to working out and getting things headed and trending towards being normal.
3: Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's time to showcase those that are helping all of us through these difficult times. This is a partner profile on the Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ PK, and now we are joined by Jacqueline Briggs from Vestar and the Gateway Mall. Jacqueline, good morning.
5: Good morning. How are you?
0: Good. So, thanks for joining us here this morning. I think we're all curious. As uh, as everything opens back up, there'll probably be some kind of new normal. As the Gateway Mall tries to get people uh, down for uh, dinner and entertainment and all that, what are you doing to change things up and uh, make feel pe- make people feel like that's the place to go? Yeah, I
5: mean, we really at the Gateway, we're in kind of a unique um, position because our center is an outdoor center, an open-air center. And so really, when, you know, even with the stay-at-home orders and um, when we're all kind of quarantined, even at that time, many of the restaurants were still open for takeout, you know, curbside pickup. Uh, but the last you know, few weeks, we've seen things open up even more, and our restaurants are now offering uh, safe options for dine-in service, and we have About Time Bar that has opened back up. And we're even doing some kind of fun, safely spaced events there, too.
2: Yeah, when you think about it, because of the open air situation, you're probably situated in being able to serve folks better than some other ones that don't have that situation, right?
5: Right. Yeah. It makes it nice because we have so much wide open common space that it allows people, you know, maybe those that still don't feel comfortable being inside a restaurant or inside a store, you know, they can quickly kind of get their food and still eat it outside all throughout the gateway. Or, you know, if you're going to the center and you just want to go into a store and pick something up, it makes it very easy because you don't have to go into inside a mall and then inside the store you can just kind of park it and go directly to the store you're looking for.
0: So I think it seems to a lot of us that uh, outdoors is much safer than indoors, and so how much a restaurant's going to change over time, and this may not be something that happens in, you know, a week or a month, it may be more of a long-term thing. How much do you strategize about permanent, long-term changes and outdoor seating for restaurants and that kind of stuff?
5: Right, I think that, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny with the timing on everything, because one, it's just nice weather, too, so I think even when it's regular times and it's nice weather, people love sitting out on patios and enjoying their meal or a beverage. And so, um, especially now with post-COVID kind of life that we're all living, it's really important for the restaurants to have that space. And, and many of them have their own patios that people can enjoy, especially, you know, Hall Pass, which is our new food hall. There's eight different restaurants within it and a bar. But then they have their own outdoor patio that's quite large, and then right attached to that is another huge outdoor space that you can kind of sit, and we're adding these really cool shade umbrellas everywhere. So there's lots of, there's lots of space to spread out, and that's really important as we're kind of transitioning right now.
2: Uh, to me, the most important question with the Gateway is, what about the fountains?
5: Yeah, the fountain right now is not on. Um Salt Lake is still in the orange kind of phase of the governor's plan, and so we're watching that closely and waiting for the go-ahead with the health department so that we can make sure that whatever we provide for the community is safe and thought out and that we have all of our protocols in place before we open anything up um, as far as, you know, big public gatherings. And so that's why we've kind of taken the extra effort to create some really fun events that you know because people are getting antsy they want to go out they want to enjoy their summer and they want to make sure that they're still connecting to their community so we have um, these really fun concert series that yeah, it's all where you kind of ride your bike around downtown to see live music and there's a stop at the gateway and you know there's plenty of space for people out there riding around to stop and uh, enjoy the music without being kind of clustered together and we're doing uh, Friday night dance classes uh, starting next Friday and those are free but you have to pre-register so that we can make sure that we have your area kind of zoned out for you. And that's down over by the Olympic Plaza. And um, this is kind of interesting. We're doing a parking garage theater. So you see a whole production of Romeo and Juliet in the comfort of your car, which is kind of an interesting concept and really fun and unique.
0: Jacqueline Briggs joining us, marketing director uh, with Vestar and the Gateway Mall uh, are there new stores opening now, or is that the kind of thing people are putting on hold for a while?
5: You know, surprisingly enough, we have a brand new local store called Gradient that is opening in the beginning of June. And, you know, it's it's really exciting to see that things are still you know opening up and there's new things to enjoy and this like I said is a local store so even even more during this time it's great to support those things that we all love and um, the local business owners here and they're going to sell bulk products and they'll have um, handmade skincare it's a really really neat concept and then uh, we actually also kind of in the midst of all this back in um, April had opened up an AT&T store there which is good for, you know, we're all very much on our phones nowadays when we're stuck inside. So, yeah, that's an an option for you now at the Gateway.
0: Jacqueline Briggs, she's the marketing director at Vestar and the Gateway Mall. Jacqueline, thanks for spending a few minutes with us this morning. We appreciate it.
5: Thank you so much, and we hope to see you all down there.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Dr. David Petron coming up next, Utah Athletics planning for the phased reopening. How's that going to work? He'll explain it to us next. Stay with us.